Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 210. Hi, I'm your host, Jacob Ayers. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we have a really exciting guest with us. His name is Jens Nielsen. Jens is the principal at Open Doors Capital. He has raised almost $1 million for apartment deals and has invested in over 800 apartment units, 500 mobile home lots, and over 45 storage units, plus mortgage note funds, private money lending, and many other things. So Jens has a ton of experience, and we're going to talk about what it's like to invest with a full-time job and doing all these different things today. So without further ado, Jens, hey, welcome to the show. Hey, Jacob. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm super excited about to talk to you today. Absolutely. It's our pleasure. Well, Jens, with that, can you kind of elaborate on a little bit more about your background, your journey, and how you kind of got started in the world of real estate investing? Yeah, so as people may hear, I've got a little bit of an accent and a kind of a funny name, right? Jens Nielsen. So I was actually born and raised in Denmark, moved to the United States in 1996. So I've been living here for quite a long time, did my journey from the East Coast to Southwest. And now I'm actually in Colorado, Southwestern Colorado, in a small town here and just kind of enjoying the outdoor lifestyle. But yeah, as you mentioned, you know, I'm, I have a full-time job. I work in IT, which I've done my whole life. Awesome job, good pay and interesting stuff to work on. But what I realized a few years ago is like, if I continue to work here, it'll be the rest of my life working for somebody else. And that was kind of the light bulb went off. I, I got to do something different. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think a lot of people out there are probably nodding their heads right now. So many people really, for one, have a background in real estate investing, right? Like there are not many people that went to college for real estate investing. There's so many accountants or engineers or attorneys or IT professionals turned real estate investors. So that's where you find yourself now. So tell us a little bit about what drew you to real estate investing. What was it about that that interests you and, and why? As I was trying to figure out or find other income streams, like what can I do? But they all look like a job. And yeah. another job to my current job that wouldn't really work so well. So I was like, what can I do that, that can generate cash flow and equity growth over time when I started researching various things? And it seemed like real estate was the one vehicle that has made a lot of people wealthy over time. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight, but just kind of a slow growing way to, to grow your capital and everything. So I kind of got attracted to that. And it's something that's easier to understand. You have a physical asset that you can actually touch and see and improve and everything versus in investing in stocks or bonds, which you're like, well, you just hope that that company's performing well or something. So that's what drew me to it initially. And then I, being an engineer, I was like, hey, I got to study. I got to read. So I started reading books, listening to podcasts like your own. And just the amount of knowledge out there is just amazing and how willing everybody is to share. And that's what I found really awesome about uh, real estate. That's everybody wants to share the knowledge and, and help everybody grow. Yeah, it's actually a really good point. It's not a very competitive like dog world, right? If you've got a deal or you've got some knowledge, you're willing 
willing to kind of share that with myself and vice versa. And there's a big community of people like that. So that is a really cool aspect of real estate investing that I don't hear so much about talked about. I think uh, if you have this idea of growth and abundance mindset, yeah, that's just because, abundance, yeah, right? that was what I was looking for. Abundance mindset versus a scarcity mindset. If a deal doesn't work out for you, share it with somebody else that may be perfect for them. And then that may come back to you in the form of they have another deal for you and stuff like that. So I think just being able to share both knowledge and information about markets and stuff, because as we all grow and get better, the industry as a whole gets better and we provide better service to our tenants and better returns for our investors and everything. So that's a, really something I subscribe to. That idea. Yeah, sure. Definitely so. Well, Jens, how did you get started investing in real estate? What was it? Was it a house? Did you jump right into multifamily? Walk us through that. Yeah, you know, I have to own a couple of houses. Personally, I was like, I don't want to invest in single family homes. It seems like it was not scalable. And especially in this market that I live, it's way too expensive to buy houses. So like, so I had to go out of state, not too far, like three or four hours by car. But I was like, I don't want to start with a single family home because that's just not a scale. So I just started buying some fourplexes. So then, you know, a few months, got a couple of fourplexes in in Albuquerque, New Mexico. This may not be a market too many people are familiar with, but it was close. I had some connections and the prices just made sense. Yeah, sure. I think that's really interesting going into it, knowing that you didn't want to do single family homes. So many people buy that single family home and then that duplex, and then they kind of scale in those smaller multis and so on and so on, right? But you really knew from the get-go, no single family homes, it's not scalable. So kudos to you there. So fourplexes are a great asset class too for many people getting started out and still get that conventional financing. You can live in one unit. I know that's not necessarily what you did, but that's an avenue that many people out there can really take to buy that first property. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I, we didn't because it wasn't over out of state, but I like the 30 year fixed financing at a reasonable price. You still have to come up, you know, 20, 25% down, but it's pretty safe. You don't have to go and refinance in five or 10 years. So that's helpful. Those are the couple of first properties. And then uh, I was like, I mean, I want to scale. I just kind of started growing my mindset really quickly and um, got an 11 unit property six months later. And that was interesting because it was a seller finance deal. Everybody says, Oh, how do I get a seller finance deal? Well, that's what I was going to ask. <laughs> this was actually they announced that they listed it with seller financing possible. And one of the reasons was probably the property was a little bit rough. And they realized that if they knew the bank would not lend on it, and it was 11 units, so they had to get a commercial loan, and it would just be tough to get a commercial loan on it. So they figured sure. no, they would lend out the money. And um, they actually did kind of a 10 month no payment on the loan. So I could use the cash flow to put back into the to renovating the units, which is interesting. So not just an interest only period, but no payment at all. No payments. So we took in the rent. It was still, we, we ran like 90%, 85, 90% occupancy and then turn the units, make them nicer and get new tenants in and, and stuff like that. So that was a good model to not have to come up with a lot of cash of our own to do this deal. Yeah, sure. So here you are with a couple of fourplexes starting to scale into this 11 unit. What's your mindset at this phase? What are you trying to do? What's going through your mind at this point in your investing career? Well, so I think one of the things I did, I decided that I needed some education, right? I want to make sure that I didn't just go and do a bunch of stuff that I had no clue <laughs> what I was doing. So I actually, yeah, you know, sure. so I joined kind of a mentorship coaching group. So I really could get the fundamentals and be surrounded by people that had more experience than me and everything. So I just made sure I, I knew what was going on. And then I started kind of growing my mindset very quickly. Four places, 11 units are good. Let's, what's next? What's bigger, right? So at the same time, just to digress a little bit, I had started putting self-directed IRA money into various syndications and things like that. 
I felt like I was all in on real estate. So I had some retirement money, put that into some syndications. I was like, wow, these guys are just paying me every month. It's like mailbox money. I was like, that kind of really reinforced the whole idea of truly, truly passive, right? Or (laughs) almost, almost. I mean, so far it's been truly passive, right? They've just, every month the check shows up. That's totally awesome, right? So I kind of went both ways. And then I found this 38 doors in also in Albuquerque that was listed like 1.5, 1.6 a little bit rough again. So I ended up going together with my property manager in Albuquerque and a couple of friends and we kind of did a JV on it. We ended up buying that and basically spending, we raised quite a lot of capital so we had money to renovate it. Going through every door, spending 10 grand a door really and fixing it up, right? Making it pretty nice. So on that one, did you partner or did you syndicate that deal? We partnered on it. Okay. So walk us through how you developed that relationship and how that came to be. Here you are, a relatively new real estate investor. You got a few smaller multifamily properties under your belt, but here you're going to go take down this much bigger deal than you've ever done. So walk us through that. Yeah. And I think that kind of goes back again to at one point when I was studying, I said, you know, somebody said, oh, you got to create like a sample deal packet that some people call it, where you basically just talk about what it deal may look like. You just take uh, something that Lisa Lubman said, you run on the numbers and you kind of create a presentation that you can show to investors and say, hey, if I ever have a deal that looks something like this, would you be interested? So I've had that conversation a lot of times over the last (laughs) three or four years, right? Not just when I have a deal. And so people are like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool because a lot of people want to invest in real estate, but they don't really have the time. I want to make that kind of initial jump into it. So that really could get that conversation started. And then once that deal came up and we closed on that a year ago, 2018, I started talking to these people. I said, hey, you know, do you guys want to partner on this? We can work together. And then there's a strong team in place and everything. And they're like, yeah, for sure. It sounds great. It was actually easier than I initially anticipated. Yeah, interesting. And I also kind of wanted to ask you about how impactful do you think it was joining that coaching mentorship program you spoke of in your whole real estate investing journey? It's really brought me to kind of the next level in terms of starting doing syndications and stuff, because once you surround yourself with people that have done bigger deals than you have, that's kind of becomes a new norm, right? They're up here and you're like, well, if I want to hang or be surround myself with this group of people, I need to perform to that level. So if you've ever been in sports or whatever, kind of the people you, you go with, try to find people that are a little bit ahead of me because I have something to strive towards, right? So that's really changed my mindset. I was like, hey, it's possible. I can go out and connect with syndicators and I can do other things. I have learned, still lots to learn, of course, but I've kind of learned the topic so I can talk intelligently, hopefully, <laughs> to <laughs> real estate investing, right? Yeah, right. To those potential partners and the likes of those people, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so that's well, as Jim Rome says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So expanding that circle and growing that network and being around people who grow and push you is really, really vital, I'm sure. Absolutely. Yeah, this has just been amazing. So I looked up two years ago and now I feel like I'm on the peer level, right? So that's really awesome to see that personal growth. Sure. Well, so here you are, a real estate investor, investing in smaller multifamily deals on your own, participating in some syndications. Now, as we alluded to in your bio, you have actually done some other stuff. So walk us through what you're up to these days and and some of these other different things, these different asset classes you've invested in, like mobile home parks and storage units and note investing and all those other things. (laughs) Yeah. So um, I like real estate. I like apartments. That's what I do actively. But I also felt like, 
could be good to diversify a little bit. And they tend to be good, especially like uh, mobile home parks tend to have good returns because it's kind of one of the last affordable housing that's available. And especially if you want your own unit. So I've done a couple of things on that. I own a small park locally with a partner that we kind of got into both feet. A little bit too small. <laughs> it's only like nine units. We should have bought something a lot bigger because it's a little, we have to manage ourselves if it was too small to have somebody else manage it. So that's a challenge there. But then I got into some funds too through my, for my retirement, IRA retirement there. And um, those are funds that are buying thousands of units, both mobile home parks and also storage. Storage units, uh, another asset class that uh, seem to be fairly recession proof. So I've kind of done both on um, passively and some active stuff in there just to diversify and, and get into fewer asset classes, but still in real estate. That makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And now one thing that's a little bit surprising about you, Jens, is all of this involvement and all of your experience in real estate investing, it's surprising to know that you still have a full-time day job. <laughs> now, you know, myself, it might not be so surprising, right? A guy a little bit smaller in scale than you, a little younger, still working to strive to get to that point to do real estate investing full-time. But you've chosen to stay at your job and invest in real estate alongside. So tell us about that kind of balance. There's no question of the ultimate goal is kind of that financial freedom, right? That that I don't need to rely on my job. But that's still a process that we're working on. I think we probably can reach our freedom number in the next year or something. But I just felt like I want to have that grow that slowly and not be desperate and say, oh, I've got to go make this next deal. Otherwise, there's no food on the table, right? So it's kind of a way to keep a steady income. And then right now I'm talking to you at my lunch break, right? So basically use my time to focus on doing the real estate deals and so forth. So it's just worked out for me. It's hard. There's a lot of evenings and weekends and stuff. My wife has been super supportive with it, but it is a lot of work, but also sometimes you got to work hard for and delay your gratification until later. Yeah, sure. A lot of people aren't so great at that. And it's a hard thing to do. But yeah, definitely. Well, let's kind of talk about the nuts and bolts of your smaller multifamily deals. Like how are you finding them? How are you managing them? Those are out of state for you, although somewhat close three to four hour drive, you mentioned. So talk about that process. Yeah. So I mean, one of the first things I really when I started investing, I found the property manager that was kind of in that asset class I was looking for, you know, class C. He was a broker and a property manager. He was recommended by a friend of mine who's an investor. And so I went and met with him and it, we connect. he's an older gentleman and he likes to mentor younger to him people. So, <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> so that was really helpful. You know, he owns property, so he understands what it means to be an investor and is very willing to share. So I connected with him. He's been a guy I've worked with on all my deals, right? And he's also a partner with me in one of them. So that was just a great way to get a team started there. So he manages the properties. That's pretty much what, what's been going on there. And I forget the second part of your question. <laughs> Yeah, I was just talking about how you manage and find the deals outside of your Oh, they find the deals. Yeah. Some of the deals has just been broker listings. One deal that I'm supposed to close on here in the beginning of May is actually um, direct mail. I wrote letters. Me and my yeah. wife wrote letters and mailed them out. I know that's a strategy a lot of people talk about. And it seems to work well on sort of smaller sizes, 10, 20, 30 units. We can find that mom and pop owned. This isn't exactly an old gentleman owned it for 10, 15 years and just kind of tired of self-managing it and a lot of them back and forth to negotiate this and uh, I think the price is very reasonable and uh, that was a really good way to see that effort show some results right 
Sure. And now how about financing these, like say 10 to 50 unit properties that you're really dealing with there in Albuquerque? Are you partnering on all those these days? Are you taking those down with your own funds? I know you've done a one luckier two seller financing bills. So talk us through that. This one we're closing on Monday. Oh, sorry. Next week is self. We own that, me and my wife. So we own like, that's four properties we own just by ourselves. And that's just capital we've saved up. And that's another way, you know, I'm still working. So I don't need my cash flow to live off. So I've been saving and putting back into the property. Yeah, that's a great strategy. And uh, I think you could call that the snowball method, right? Where you're able to <laughs> snowball the profits back from the next deal to the next, which is what I'm doing. So yeah, so basically, and then, you know, those other we've partnered on and so forth. So it's been a little bit of a mix. Uh, this is the largest one we're taking down by ourselves. And, and then you're like, you talk about should you bigger deals and syndicate them, everything else, you know, and I think there are two ways to look at that. If you own a deal outright, well, all the profits are yours, right? And you don't have to sell it in five or seven years whenever your investors want out. So if it's a property you want to really hang on to, I think it makes sense to try to purchase by yourself. If you're looking to do much bigger deals, you have to partner, you need a partner or syndicated, but also realize that that becomes almost a little bit more like a job because you buy it, you rehab it, you sell it and you find the next one. It's a little bit of a different methodology, I think. Yeah, sure. Well, Jens, what, in your opinion, would be the single most important skill for somebody who's trying to go out and buy a smaller multifamily deal like you've done? Well, being an engineer by trade, I would definitely just say analyze the numbers, basically underwrite the deal. That would be the one thing I really look at. So that would be number one, in my opinion. If you're more of an outgoing kind of person, maybe connecting with brokers and creating relationships is the number one skill. Not one of my strongest suits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Everybody's got their strong suits. And uh, that's interesting. Now, let's talk a little bit about your analysis and underwriting process. What things are you looking for? Are you looking for value-add opportunities? How heavy a value-add? If so, you know, talk about that the stuff i've been involved in has been fairly heavy value add five seven thousand dollars a door type value add class c and that's just been the properties we've been able to find in that market that have made sense from a purchasing price we feel like we can go and buy them fix them up and really raise the rent and and increase the value just take longer again the castle is not that great while you're going through that process but you end up with a good product that you know once you've done you probably the next 10 years you don't have to worry about too many things yeah so that's pretty, pretty much been the, the strategy we've used yeah sure now there's this interesting strategy that i've started to see a little bit of traction people doing that is just purely capital raising especially for people who are still in the professional workforce and have a day job and have that network of professionals around them one avenue is you can just raise capital for other syndications or, or your deals or someone else's deals right it can kind of vary but uh you've done a little bit of that so tell us about that and what that's been like yeah, so even in syndication, you have the general partners who find the deal and bet the deal and everything else. And you got the limited partners who are just passive investors. But how do you find these limited partners is the challenge because it's an inefficient market, especially if you're doing a 506B where you can't advertise and everything else. So you rely, you know, if you have a big network, maybe you can find people in your own network. But sometimes the key principles are too busy doing that. They're just trying to get the deal to work. So what I've had the opportunity to do is use my existing network. I mentioned earlier, how I've been talking to people for the last three or four years about investing. Yeah. 
And I haven't had too many people involved yet because I didn't have deals. And I was like, well, this is a way for me to get involved in larger deals and help out my friends and family to get into real estate. Right? So I've done those. I made those connections. And it's really actually interesting because I do obviously my own underwriting. I go to the site, make sure the team makes sense, the property makes sense, do my own evaluation before I start presenting it to investors because I want to make sure I know what I'm getting them into. Right. And then, you know, basically a lot of conversations with people and just talking about the deal and really understanding how and why it makes sense. It's something I actually enjoy. I enjoy the one-on-one talking to people, explaining and answering questions and so forth. So that's, that's what's out really well for me. Yeah. Interesting. Now, how realistic is, do you think it is for somebody to use that strategy as an entryway to get involved in multifamily syndication? Do you think that you have to have a ton of experience in order to do that? Or is that a good entryway to get your feet wet in syndications in the world of multifamily? I think you have more credibility if you have some experience, right? So, you, you know, you go out there and at least you may not have been able to do your own deals because you don't have a lot of capital, but at least invested passively yourself. Just somehow been involved out there because an investor really invests in you, number one. And yeah, then right. probably the, the deal number two and the key principles number three or whatever. But you have to come across as a credible source and somebody who just know what they're talking about. So I don't know. I know I'm sure people have success just raising money kind of as their first thing. I think a little bit of experience is good. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying there. Like maybe if you have 10 or 20 units or whatever it is, that could speak to your credibility. Not necessarily that you have 150 or 200 units like this deal that you and this syndication group are trying to take down. But if you have some credibility behind you, yeah, definitely would make the investor feel more confident in you, right? Yeah, and just have had those conversations for a long time. And staying in front of people, you know, I send out, I have a mailing list and I send out newsletters about what's going on. So just kind of you generate, you stay kind of front of mind with people. So it's not just out of blue. Oh, do you want to invest in these deals? Like, no, they've heard from me every month for the last couple of years, right? So then it's like, oh, he's been really working on this, right? So yeah, sure. Well, you're up to 80 some odd doors in your own private portfolio. You're investing in a whole bunch of stuff through passive syndications. What's the future hold for you and open doors capital? Right now, it's really my focus is on connecting with uh, syndicators that are proven syndicators in the market that makes sense, you know. So we closed one deal in March. We're working on another deal right now. That's really the strategy I want to carry forward because I feel it makes a lot of sense for me uh, until I can, you know, potentially exit my job and then really go and take down the larger deals as a key principle myself. So that's super exciting. I do some coaching too, coach newer real estate investors because I feel I feel that's a good way of that abundance mindset, bringing back and giving back and so forth. And that's been pretty rewarding, you know. People, are, I coach them, and they actually like growing. They're changing their mindset. They're starting investing in bigger deals and stuff like that. So that's that's super cool too. Yeah, sure. Well, Yen's a little fun question here. Maybe walk us through maybe one of your better or even best deals you've done to date. Share some details around a real home run that you've had. I would say the probably that 11 unit we got the seller financing on, low down payment, it's, it's performing well, it's good returns on it. That was really good to get that connection with somebody that would do seller financing. So that was, really, that was pretty awesome. So uh, share kind of maybe some of the financial details, if you don't mind, around that. What was the down payment? What was the purchase price? What are the grants? If you could recall. <laughs> I think it was 350 $50,000 purchase price, which seems, you know, kind of low. And I think we only did 10% down, maybe something like that. We then piled a bunch of money into it. I mean, I think that property's worth, you know, probably 500 now by the amount of work we've done and then NOI on it. So new roofs, windows, just plain flooring, kitchens, stuff like that, just a ton of work on it. 
Yeah, sure. I'm sure that deal really put a bunch of wind behind your sales in terms of the smaller multifamily deals after getting that. So yeah, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ian's awesome. As we're starting to wrap up here, we've got a lightning round. We ask every one of our guests just a series of questions we like to fire at you. Are you up for it? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right, cool. Well, the first question in the lightning round is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what did you do to overcome that? I think it's all, you know, a lot of people get caught in this analysis paralysis. We want to do something, but we don't really know how to take action. I think that was, you know, I kind of suffered from that too. And the way I overcame it was just by a couple of things, studying, learning about it, making sure that it made sense. And then just talk to other people that done similar things and say, you know, hey, this is how it works. And it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. So just getting out of that. And then taking action, really, just buying the first deal and then see how that went, right? Yeah, sure. Well, Jens, do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? I try to get up early in the morning and do kind of a modified version of the Miracle Morning, light exercise, prescribing, and, and meditation. Just kind of start the day with intention. So it's not just roll out of bed and go to work, right? So. Right, right. Sleep until the very last minute, hit snooze a couple times. And yeah, it doesn't start your day very well when you do that. Right, right. Well, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your day-to-day, Yins? So really the tool, I think I'd rather share a tool is that I've come to use in the last several months on in Gmail. I have all my different emails going into Gmail and there's a tool called Streak. It's kind of a, almost like a CRM for Gmail. You can create deal flow or lead. It's like deal funnel and everything else. It's really awesome. So you can just, you have CRM in Gmail rather than having a separate CRM essentially. Awesome. We'll link that in the show notes for our listeners to pick up. I'm sure that's a really valuable question coming from an IT professional. <laughs> like so, Jens, what book would you recommend to the listeners and why? So the one I've been reading lately, and I'm rereading is The E-Myth by uh, Michael Gerber. I think right. he's the visited one. And it really hit home. Well, I don't know if I elaborate on that a little bit, but it really hit home because we want to be People are technicians when they leave their job. They think they can do something very good technically. But in reality, that's not how you start a business. You have to be an entrepreneur to start a business. You have to think bigger. And just getting out of that, getting into that mindset is super important. So that's why I love that book. Yeah, I heard something a little bit, we'll go on a tad bit of a tangent here, but I heard something the other day that says what your business does is not necessarily what you should do, right? Perfect. Yeah. Necessarily be doing what your business does. Think about that. It sounds kind of interesting. Well, Jens, last question in the lightning round. If you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what'd you go back and tell yourself? Just get started. <laughs> I think that's really the common one, right? I mean, there's never a wrong time to get started in real estate, but just, I think, the, really, I think the advice would become an entrepreneur earlier. Just go out and make your own destiny versus relying on a job. That, that's really where I would put it. Awesome. Well, you say it's been a lot of fun catching up with you on the mic here, talking about your journey and just all the things you've done and experienced. Also, I think it's really interesting that you've done all these things while holding down a day job. So I uh, really have had a lot of fun talking with you and uh, sharing your journey with the audience members. Now, tell us a little bit more about where people can learn more about you, reach out to you, connect with you and uh, that sort of thing. My email is Jens, that's J-E-N-S at opendoorscapital.com. Jens at opendoorscapital.com and also my website is opendoorscapital.com and if anybody want to I love to you know talk about real estate anybody want to get on a call with me they can go to opendoorscapital.com slash call and schedule a call with me and talk real estate or any other I'm interested in cycling and skiing and stuff like that so if that's anybody interested in that I'd love to talk about that too yeah sure I know you live in the beautiful state of Colorado and Durango specifically right so yeah. you get to do a lot of that stuff there 
Exactly. Awesome. Well, Jens, hey, as we're wrapping up here, any parting piece of advice you'd like to leave with the audience members or maybe a question I asked you or I didn't ask you that I should have? Just find a balance between work and life. Make sure you uh, don't forget your loved ones because you're too busy with work. Just find that balance, which can be challenging at times. Yeah, sure. Awesome. Well, Jens, hey, we'll quit there on that high note. Love that. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Look forward to having you back on in the future. Hey, Jacob, it was so much fun. Thanks again. Thank you, Jens. Take care. You too. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.